this woman endured financial struggle from being homeless, enduring hunger, and she went on to become a successful lawyer. That is coming up next. Need a judgment-free zone when it comes to your financial life? Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for today's Latina who typically thinks English but feels her Latina culture through and through. I am your host, Jen Hempel, and each week we have down-to-earth money conversations from people in La Comunidad Latina that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. Lista? Let's do it. Buenos dias, buenas tardes, o buenas noches. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you are listening to this. This is Jen Hempel, your host. Today, I've got another fantastic guest for you, and we are continuing to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month, even though naturally on this podcast, we are celebrating it throughout the year. Let me share with you a little bit about today's guest. Gidget Benitez is the creator and producer of Afro-Latina, you see what she did there, a podcast dedicated to sharing tips for success to Black and Latina women interested in becoming lawyers. She is a first-generation attorney and Afro-Latina herself and a Marvel Universe fan. In this episode, you're going to learn the financial struggles she grew up with that included being homeless for a bit, she endured hunger, she really endured a lot, and you're going to learn all about that. You're also going to learn about the wake-up call she had starting college, which had her learning new to her money skills, like doing a budget, learning what taxes were, how to open up an account, and so forth. As well, you're going to learn what being an Afro-Latina means to her. Lista? You ready? Vamos a conocer this reina of her money. Let's go meet this queen of her money. Bienvenida, Gidget. I'm excited to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Yes. Well, we connected recently. I love what you are about. You're a lawyer. You inspire and empower Afro-Latinas or Afro-Law. And I got, I see what you did there yes. with that. <laughs> Latinas. So I'm excited to dig in and really get to know you. So let's get started with your money story. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So tell us, Gidget, tell us a little bit about how you grew up around money, what you saw, what you experienced. Yeah, so um, I will say right off the bat, I was raised by a single mom. And education was always a really big factor for her, like a very big focus. And, and that was always what it was. But aside from that, you know, I always say she did the best she could. Aside from that, I really didn't get a whole lot of financial literacy education. I didn't know much of anything. But I did know that like we struggled. I constantly heard her, you know, kind of be sad about not being able to pay certain bills and and she would try to make light of it and I realize now some of the jokes that she would make when I was a kid I'm older and I'm like wow that she did the best she could but that's not really great like financial advice like one of the things she would say is well I don't know how I'm going to pay the light bill but you know is it the light bill or is it food and I think from a perspective of you know she's raising a child on her own she was like well I got to feed my child and I'll figure out the rest later 
And she would try to make me laugh. She would say like, oh, we're going down in style. Like we're going to order pizza with our like last $20. And I'm an adult now. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't know how she did it. But just from that perspective, we constantly struggled to pay the bills. I never knew anything about credit cards. I saw catalogs as a kid. I didn't know how those worked, but I knew like you could order things and they would appear at the front door. Like, you know, it was just kind of stuff like that. And then I knew financially speaking, like there was definitely a lack of information on how to get settled or even save money because when I was in high school, you know, we were homeless. We lost our apartment. And um, for a period of maybe two and a half, three weeks, we were without a home. Again, she really did the best she could. But as an adult now, I'm just like, wow, I, I really lack that information. And I'm making an active effort to teach myself that. So it is definitely a struggle. It's a struggle, you know, if you're dealing with like, you don't have all the certificates you need to ask for that pay raise, or you, you're a single mom, or you're, you're just trying to survive. And it was rough. I can imagine. And you took us back to catalogs. I hadn't heard that in so yeah. long. <laughs> yeah, I used to see do, them all the time. <laughs> and people do, I mean, some stores do send this, their catalogs to buy their clothing, but you just order online. So it's a different process than before. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I definitely don't see them that much anymore. But I, I don't remember the name. I'm sure like Sears. And that's, that's to show you how far we've come, right? Because Sears is like, <laughs> obliterated. The They're gone. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And then you mentioned you were with your mom, you were homeless. And you said, how long was that? That was like two and a half, almost three weeks. Um, okay. It was a very short period. And I'm not, you know, belittling my own experience. and I'm certainly not making it bigger than what it is. I know there are some out there who have dealt with it for a far longer period of time. But it was two and a half to three weeks. And um, it was it was really scary. I will say that, again, education was always a really big focus for her, for her. Her, that was kind of like the way out. And she wanted, she always says to this day, she's like, I want you to go further than I did. Mm. And um, that was our way out, so to speak. So I never missed a day of school. She was working. She had a temporary job. Gosh, what do they call it? The staffing, staffing agencies. She had a temporary job through like a staffing agency and she would take three buses to get to that job every day. And I would take two buses to get to school. And so we'd like, constantly we're struggling and just making sure that we met those goals at least. But I have and will always have a personal point of view when people, you know, make comments about homeless people, whether they're older or younger or what, you know, whatever. I don't care what the situation is. You don't know that person's story. And a lot of people just looking at me today would never imagine like, oh, you know, she has gone hungry, she has been homeless, she's done all this other stuff and and look at where she is today. So I always make a point to say that. Yes, this is financial literacy. Like if you don't have the knowledge, you don't have the knowledge and you don't know what you don't know. But at the same time, like understand a lot of times these situations happen, not because of laziness or because, you know, the person doesn't want to work or anything. Sometimes you just don't, you don't know. You don't have that information of like, well, how do you open a checking account? How do you save money? What's interest? So stuff like that. Right. And each situation is just so different. How we process our own situation, personal situation is different. There's so many factors and components in it that we can't really 
judge, you know, just because you were homeless, and let's say I was homeless, and maybe I was homeless for years. I mean, we can't be judging that because the experience in itself and how we manage the experience and perceive it is so different, right? So yeah. I think uh, I love that you bring that up. Now, with your mom, you mentioned that uh, she joked around when there came time to choose from paying the electric bill to you all eating. Were there any other, because I call that a somewhat money conversation. So she was getting you Kind of because did she ask you or she was just joking around? She would joke around. And honestly, we never, like to this day, I cannot recall ever having a conversation where she initiated it and was like, you know, this is what you should do with your money or, you know, hey, like put $5 aside. I think the most um, money conversation that she ever initiated with me was kind of in the form of wisdom where you know, I left for college and she'd be like, hey, don't forget, always keep like a dollar and quarters in your wallet because you never know when you're going to need it. And that was kind of one of the pieces of advice when it came to money. But aside from that, it was nothing. I got my first piece of financial literacy advice from a mentor. And that was during the process of when I was applying to college and she helped me open my first checking account. But even then, I really didn't know anything. And so I entered adulthood you know, pursuing an education and thinking I'm going to pursue a particular career and everything. But I was living off of credit cards and working, you know, two to three part-time jobs in college. And then in, in law school, continuing to live off of credit cards and working where I could, because there are restrictions. You can't work uh, during your first year of law school. And then uh, for your second and third year, you're allowed to work, but it has to be like under 20 hours a week. And so that puts a lot of strain for someone who's a first generation graduate who's living off of loans and has to live off of credit cards until you can make it to graduation day and hope that you have a job that pays enough. Wow. And I didn't realize, obviously, I didn't go to law school because I didn't realize that they had those restrictions. That is interesting. So what led you to studying law? Obviously, your mom really honed in on how critical education was. And you took that and ran with it because you you didn't do just any career. <laughs> you studied <laughs> law. So what led you to doing that, to studying law? So in a nutshell, I had the opportunity to do a study abroad program in college. And that also ties money into it too, because obviously study abroad programs, they cost money. And I wasn't sure how I was going to pay for it. So I worked extra shifts and I saved up and I, and I paid towards the program, but it was a study abroad program in a different country. And we were studying criminal justice and the differences between that country's criminal justice system and the United States criminal justice system. And I walked away from that and I was like, wow, that's really interesting. How come we do that here and they do that over there? And it led me to have a conversation to say, well, there's so much happening in the United States. I wanted to have a real impact. I wanted to see like tangible change. And I always crack the joke. I say, you know, I majored in psychology, but I could never be like a therapist because if you don't listen to me after two or three times, we gonna have words. <laughs> like, if you are coming and ask me the same question over and over and I tell you the same thing and I'm not going to lead you wrong. Well, hell, at least in law, they'll pay you for it a little bit better. So I said, let me let me pursue this a little bit more. But I knew that I'd be able to have more tangible impact on the community and see a real change. So that's kind of what led me to it. That's interesting. Another thing that you mentioned is that 
really the money lesson or when you were being taught about money lesson came from a mentor when you were applying for college. So this mentor taught you how to open a checking account. So what other eye-opening moments did you have? Because I'm sure you had more, especially when you started college, as you began college. Um, As I began college, I had never experienced this. I mean, I, I came from an apartment where like, I went to school and then I came home after school and I went to work my little part-time job and I would go get my paycheck. And literally I was doing it to help my mom with the bill. So I would just take the money, cash it and put it on the table. Like here, mom, here, you know, I want to help with the bills. Um, In college, it was my first time actually going out to hunt for a job. I didn't understand mobile banking. I didn't understand um, taxes. I didn't understand any of that. And I certainly didn't understand how to balance a budget. And I know college is expensive, but just a personal like struggle story. I, like I said, I was working two or three part-time jobs and balancing a full credit load every semester. And yet there were still moments where I like went hungry and there was a moment where like I actually had to eat spoiled food. Mm. Um, it was, I think I had done like two shifts that day. And I came home to my apartment and I was just trying to make a sandwich. And I didn't realize until I bit into the sandwich that the sandwich had mold on it. And I remember sitting there crying because I was just like, I am working so hard and I'm not out there shopping. I had a really good friend in college, like just kind of one of those friends where like their family kind of paid for everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was very, it was such a contrast to my life. But I was sitting there going, I'm working so hard. And I'm not asking anybody for anything. And I can't even really afford to get groceries. Like something is wrong with this situation. And I couldn't figure out what it was. I do understand that part of that was like, okay, well, I was paying rent on my own and I was paying for my cell phone and I I got no help from my mom because she she really couldn't afford to. But the other thing was I just had no idea how to budget. I had no idea how to save even $5 a month. Like I was just completely unaware. Now that I'm older, like I said, like I'm making a personal goal to fix that and I'm actively, you know, saving money and and penny pinching, like I don't care. I will make my lunch every day of the week. I I mean, you just do what you got to do, but it was definitely an eye-opening moment then and just going along the journey of like, well, what's a savings account? I remember asking questions going, what's a bond? What's a CD that you get from a bank? Like, how do you buy stock? And no one can answer those questions at the time. Not even mentors, because I just, they were like, oh, it's a thing you get from the bank. And I'm like, well, I don't, what does it do? <laughs> you know, you hear all this this stuff about like investing and t- stock market. And I'm like, well, how does that work? So yeah, I really didn't have a whole lot of information at that point. And I'm glad you're bringing this up because I think sometimes I'm not saying just as women, but as human beings, we get to a point where we don't know what we don't know. Like you didn't know about the taxes or you didn't know about balancing a budget, uh, mobile banking. And I think sometimes when we find out, okay, we don't know about this, like the mobile banking or the balancing a budget, it puts us in a sort of paralysis because maybe we see others that do. And what I'm saying here is that you, as a very intelligent woman, obviously, (laughs) all this stuff, 
you didn't know these things and that's okay. And for you that are the person that is listening to this very moment, I want you to pay attention to that because I want you to know and realize that there are some things that you don't know. And just because you don't know ABC about money, it's okay. The time to start knowing is right now. And I don't want you to feel guilty about it just because maybe it took you to adulthood to find out about this. It's okay. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. We all go through different journeys, experiences, and there's things that you know, looking back that that I didn't know until don't hold that that people were like, you don't know, it had to do with changing attire or things like that, that other people would take for granted. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I'm trying to say. Other people will take for granted some knowledge that you may not have. And I don't want you to beat yourself up over it. And I like that you bring that up, because I think it's important to be aware and have that conversation. Because I think in my experience, women, Latina women, we shy away from doing more of those money things because we think, well, we don't know this, or we really don't feel too smart about money. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And listen, don't feel bad about, I mean, even if it's changing a tire, if it's like buying a piece of furniture or you, look, if you don't know, you don't know. And I think I still don't know sports. I didn't know how to use my uh, emergency parking brake till two years ago. (laughs) So I need everyone to understand, like one of the things that I really took to heart and it didn't hit me until law school, they kind of bang this into your head the first year by cold calling and everything else. If you don't know something, just say you don't know. It doesn't make you lazy and it doesn't make you stupid. If you sit there and you're like, look, I really tried to do the reading or I really tried to look this up on Google and I don't quite get it. Here's what I think it means, but I'm not sure that is okay. Like you tried, you looked and that has led me to a great deal of knowledge. Just being able to say like, look, I looked this up or I saw this thing in a magazine. What does it mean? And that's, that's how I'm learning today, even today. I love it. Because I think we just need to be open for that. I know, um, (laughs) funny story. I mean, my son, my youngest has been playing baseball for five years now. And in five years, you would think I would know a lot about baseball. I still don't. (laughs) I think the first two years, I called the innings rounds. How and how many more rounds do we have? I would be asking people would be looking at me like crazy. And I'm an intelligent person. I just don't know what I don't know. And they're like innings. And it took because it just makes I it made more sense for me to say rounds because they they're go running around. around the field. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm just a common sense, very simple approach type person. So all of those examples for you listening that it's okay to not know some things, just be open to learning them and, and move on. It doesn't make you less intelligent or anything, because I know you listening are extremely intelligent and skilled and talented. Now, Gidget, so we've talked about your money story. We've talked about your journey when you, or the eye-opening experience when you went to college. And really, that's when you started learning more about uh, money and the things that you didn't, weren't taught 
as a, as a kid or, or in high school. So knowing what you know now and what your mentor taught you, what would you say, what is that one financial lesson that the person listening at this very moment would, maybe they're in your same shoes. What is that one lesson that you want to pass on? Financial lesson, I should say. I would say, if you're working, look at your pay stub. And that's where you begin. Look at your pay stub. Look at the taxes that get taken out. Look at, you know, if it says, for example, 401k or anything like that, whatever it is you see on your pay stub, if you don't know what that means, that's where you begin. You look it up. You look it up on Google. You ask a question. You know, most offices for any organization or, or even, I don't care if you're like a buster in a restaurant, like it really doesn't matter. You can ask somebody and say, hey, like, what does this mean? What, what you know, what is um, SSA or, well, just social security payments or, you know, what, what is all of that? And people will tell you. And if you open your mouth and you ask those questions, that's where you begin. Once you understand that a little better, you're more, you're like in a better place to start if you want to start saving money, which you should. I always advise, I don't care if it's $5, just stick it in a jar somewhere, stick it in the back of your closet and just like put it there, which some people will tell you not to do that because it's the equivalent of like sticking money under your mattress, but at least you're saving. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's what's going to take you to save. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just just start there. Ask a question. It does not hurt because the worst anybody can tell you is, I don't know. And then, you know, you're no worse off than you were before. <laughs> right. One of the things that you do, you're also a podcaster. You have a podcast called the Afro Latina mm-hmm. podcast. And this month we've been celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. So as an Afro-Latina, what does it mean to you being an Afro-Latina? Because when we talk about Hispanic Heritage Month, sometimes we don't really highlight the Afro-Latinas. What does it mean to be an Afro-Latina? Honestly, to me, and every, I understand everyone's different. So y'all listen and just understand this is my personal definition. To me, that means I come from like two different worlds. Uh, my dad was from El Salvador and my mom is from, excuse me, the Caribbean islands. And growing up, I always said I'm, I'm black and Spanish. And so when I get questions where people are like, well, what are you? I'm like, I'm black and Spanish. And depending on where you go, somebody will look at me and be like, no, you're just black. I'm like, no, no, I don't particularly care that I was only raised by my mom and she is Caribbean. My dad is my dad. And I acknowledge that part of my family and I have a relationship with that side of my family and and it is what it is. But to me, it means you come from two different countries and you have that blood in your veins and and it is what it is. Now, I understand, you know, for example, if you're Dominican, there's a little more history there, right? And I did look up the history. There were slaves sold on the Caribbean islands and everything. So like I'm, it is what it is. But for me, that's what it means. And it just means also that like I walk a very fine line between two different cultures. And, and I love both. I'm a part of both. And I love and admire and respect both. It has been a very interesting experience for me growing up. Because like I said, like as a kid, I didn't think anything of it. I did get teased a lot. <laughs> for I was like, 
real yellow as a kid. And I would get called yellow. I would get called light bright. And if you look at my baby pictures, I look super pale, like super pale with jet black hair. And my mom would be holding me. And, you know, if you can imagine this like gorgeous Caribbean woman, this like big fro, lovely nails and lips, chocolate, mahogany, you know, kind of skin tone, holding this pale little baby. (laughs) (laughs) And we would get looks and stuff. But so, you know, growing up, it has always been for me kind of walking that line. And I will say this, it, it hasn't always been pleasant. It hasn't always been welcoming. There have been some situations where I, for example, would go to one group or the other to just make friends or say hello or go to an event or something. And I would get looks and sometimes even comments of kind of like, well, why are you here? You know, and it's not always fun. But for the most part, I have been fine, you know, just kind of like integrating for both worlds, I would say. Right. And then would some people say that, and because you mentioned, one parent, your dad's from El Salvador, your mom from the Caribbean. And then would some people say, and I don't know, I'd need to be educated on this, that really an Afro-Latino or an Afro-Latina is someone like, for example, I don't know, let's say uh, in Cartagena, there is a lot of uh, black mm-hmm. uh, and people. So would because they were born in Colombia and they're black, are they more Afro-Latino? Do, is there that discrepancy with some people? Do they say that? Or I, I'm just exploring here. So Educate me. <laughs> I, I have heard a little bit of a conversation, not a whole lot, and I'm not an expert on it. So I, I always say I'm not going to give an opinion, something I'm not totally an expert on. But I have heard some parts of a conversation where it's like, oh, If you, for in that example, if you are a black person and you were born in Cartagena, then you really truly are an Afro-Latino or an Afro-Latina versus me like, oh, you just happen to be like Caribbean and Hispanic. Here's what I say to that. We all came over from the same boat. (laughs) True. Okay. (laughs) We all got scooped up, put on a boat. I understand the boat made different stops, but the reality is like when my mom talks about Brimstone Hill and St. Kitts. And talks about, you know, the history behind that house slaves were in fact brought there, bought and sold. And I know for a fact that like she grew up on an estate. We are descended from like different people. You've got all kinds of the mixing pot culture. Listen, it's there. And just because my dad is from uh, Morazon in El Salvador, like you, okay, he's pale. (laughs) Like it just, it just so happened I came out yellow or caramel or something like that. but. I I think, yes, there is a technical def- definition of being an Afro-Latino or an Afro-Latina. I was very cautious before, like, integrating that word into my life. Because to be truthful, like, I never knew there was a word for me mm. until maybe like five years ago. Mm. So, and honestly, I don't think I ever heard that term till about, yeah. Yeah, I in never knew next, that that was a technical term for me. So when people would ask me, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm black and Hispanic. I'm I'm mixed black and Hispanic. I never realized, I never knew that there was a term. And so it's almost like, oh, I, I have a place I belong. Kind right. Of thing. Right, right. So, it's yeah. interesting. Awesome. Well, let's wrap this conversation up with what I call the Chisme Express. And it's just gossip in a positive and fun, lighthearted way. And I'm going to ask you just 
five quick questions and you just answer quick answers. You ready? Yes. So what is your proudest part about being an Afro-Latina? Maybe that's not a quick answer. But. No, you know, I'll make, I'll make a quick. Uh, I get to advocate for both. Love it. I get to advocate for both. And your most favorite Latino celebrity? Is there any other? Justice Sotomayor. <laughs> awesome. Love it. Love it. And I noticed you're a Marvel fan. So what is, who is your favorite Marvel superhero? Don't judge me, y'all. It's Deadpool. <laughs> and he's not even really a superhero. He's a villain, but still. <laughs> and your best feature, what would you say is your best feature? Oh, dang, that's hard. Uh, my brain? <laughs> hey, it's perfect. My brain. <laughs> and uh, what would you choose, laundry or ironing? Oh, laundry. <laughs> I, I got I the same here. Laundry all the way. I awesome. don't like iron. <laughs> <laughs> I detest ironing. I have my husband do it. <laughs> and plus, he thinks he does it better, so why not? Yeah. Let him do it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Gidget, this has been fantastic. I really enjoyed my time with you and everything you shared. And I appreciate you being here with us today. Thank you so much. This has been great. What did you think about this chat with Gidget? I absolutely adore her as she's very real. She's straight to the point. She is unapologetically herself. And notice that she still has some debt to pay. She's still figuring some things out financially, but she's just doing it. She's just getting to work. So I want you to really think of and reflect about that because sometimes we get into life and we, let's say maybe we are overwhelmed with the debt or where our financial life is at presently, but you just got to do it. You just get got to get into action and press forward. Don't get overwhelmed. And I know that's easier to say than to do, but the more you get into action, the more you're going to see results. And just keep at it. Keep pressing, be consistent, and be unapologetic like Gidget is. To connect with Gidget, you can literally just go to Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook and look for Afro Law is in lawyer, L-A-W, Dina, so Afro La Dina uh, with Law as in Lawyer podcast. So you just search for that on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I will also have that link in today's show notes so you can connect more with Gidget. As you know, we are taking a break from the Pregunta of the Week this month so you can get caught up. I want you to get a chance to get caught up with the past month's Pregunta of the Weeks as there are th three freebies if you haven't gotten them to grab, that will help you in your relationships to saving for travel. These were from the different themes in the past months or to being more strategic with frugality. Now, I'm not always going to be creating these freebies. So when they're available, make sure you answer the pregunta of the week and get them because they are there to help you. They're free resources. And all you have to do is just answer some simple questions and really engage in the podcast, meaning listen to the podcast so you're able to answer the questions. And I'm telling you, the questions are not hard at all. If you're listening to the episode, I know you'll be able to answer the questions. To answer those questions, you do need a free account, but notice it's free. So, hey, that's easy to do. 
and you can get your free account in the Her Dinero Matters Hub. If you already have a free account, you can simply log into it by going to herdineromattershub.com. If you don't have a free account yet, no worries. You can absolutely get one and you can simply go to jenhemphill.com forward slash win and you can sign up from there. So get to it if you haven't answered those preguntas of the weeks from the past months, get your freebies, put those freebies into action. Next week, we will be hearing from a new Reina crew that was actually recorded in person at one of my favorite conferences, which is FinCon, which if you have been with me for a while, you heard me mention FinCon quite a bit, as well as you've probably heard some of the interviews that happened at FinCon in past years. So this was recorded in person, live on site at FinCon, and we will be talking about Hispanic heritage just to continue on with the celebration. So don't miss it. That is a wrap for today. I want to thank Gidget for joining us, for sharing her story, for being so transparent and vulnerable with everything that she shared. You can check out the brief show notes on where to find Gidget over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 188. Also, don't forget, if you love this episode or this podcast, it would mean the absolute world to me if you share it with a friend, family member, coworker, or even a stranger. Nunca se sabe. You never know when someone is in pain in their financial life. Just to share sharing of this podcast or episode may be the push or inspiration they need to move forward. Until then, stay consistent on those money actions and habits so you can not only be the reina of your money, but love your dinero more. You've got this. Tú puedes. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. I will talk to you next Thursday. Ciao.